pick your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls to start things out. Jimmy in Kentucky, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jimmy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I just wanted to thank you guys for sticking with the show format in regards to that email Mark received about all the conspiracy theory. Yes, last night, uh, last night we had an email come in from someone who was very upset by the fact that we allow conspiracy theorists to, to call in and talk on the show. And uh, she said it was really bothersome to her. But, you know, there are a lot of talk shows out there that you can listen to that I'm sure would screen those people out. It is the point of Free Talk Live to allow anybody on the air to talk about virtually anything. So, uh, yeah, we're luckily, with the 99% of the time I'm a podcast listener, so I can fast forward through that stuff. Um, it annoys me just as much as the next guy. But again, like you guys said, that's that's the format of your show, and you're sticking to it, and I appreciate it. And in regards to that, I uh, finally got off my butt and signed up for uh, the AMP uh, line today. Oh, fantastic. And uh, just want to thank you guys for putting on a great show. Well, anything, thank you for signing up. Anything else on your mind tonight? That'll be it. You guys have a good night. Thanks for the call, Jimmy. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Let's go to Jeff in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, guys. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, Iraq war. And, you know, uh, somebody told me, <clears throat> I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, that there was supposed to be a legal organization that was going to file a lawsuit against Bush and Gates, Secretary of Defense, and I hadn't heard anything else about it. I don't know if, if it's still in the works or. I don't believe. Uh, I don't believe the president of the United States can be sued while he's well, in office. Well, let me let me tell you about it. The reason I called in, guys, is um, there was a case that was filed in 1970. Um, the case was was uh, Malcolm A. Beck or no 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 Malcolm A. Burke B E R K Malcolm A. Burke. He was the plaintiff versus Laird. It was filed in U.S. District Court in New York, and, of course, Laird was the Secretary of Defense of the United States, and, of course, he filed against... But basically, um, the, ACL, the ACLU actually filed this complaint. And what was it about? Well, what he, basically, it was a, a complaint, and I'd like to make a point before I read what this was about. You know, the Iraq War, according to the National Lawyers Guild and several other legal organizations, is... Uh, is completely illegal. And it, basically, I'll just read a, a little bit of, it says, the first claim for relief it says, this is a, an action to enjoin defendants from ordering or otherwise causing, compelling, or requiring the plaintiff, a citizen of the United States and state of New York, and a private first class of the United States Army to compel, or, or rather to comply with certain orders he has received directing him to remove himself from the state of New York and proceed to Fort Dix, New Jersey for a dispatch to Cambodia or Vietnam. So, wait a minute. So, uh, I'm not very good at legalese and courtese. What is it that it's saying, Jeff? Do you understand Basically, it? Basically, he filed a, the ACLU filed a lawsuit on his behalf, and, and I'm speaking to all the military personnel. If they have orders to go to Iraq and they believe that it's, it's uh, unconstitutional or illegal, sure. they should probably call the ACLU or the National Lawyers Guild and mention... This complaint, which is Malcolm A. Burke uh, versus Laird, it was filed again in June 3rd, 1970, and if they feel that the war is illegal or unconstitutional and don't want to go to Iraq, 
they can contact one of these legal organizations and, and file a lawsuit against Bush. And so was that guy successful, the guy back in the 70s? Was he successful in not having to go fight? Well, you know something? I'm not sure if he was or not, but I, I think that there's a better chance of someone succeeding today based on, like, the National Lawyers Guild has a, a little a little uh, link uh, that you can click onto on their website that states that the, uh, and they provide all the information that the Iraq war is completely illegal. So, Well, I don't I know if they'll have any better chance of succeeding today. Certainly information travels faster today, so maybe that would help them. Uh, thanks for the call, Jeff. We appreciate it. I don't know. Uh, Mark, do you think they'd have a better chance, a soldier that uh, decides that this Iraq war is unconstitutional, which by all evidence it is, uh, a soldier that says, no, that's okay, I, I won't be following your unconstitutional orders. Do they have a better chance today or not? I don't. I, I, I really can't make a, a judgment one what way or the other. What happened to that guy in Hawaii? Lieutenant Watada, was it? Wasn't he refusing to go? Didn't they uh, put him in the brig or something like that? I can't remember. The, I remember the guy's name and don't remember what happened to him. Seems to me that uh, time in the brig might be a little bit more preferable than possibly dying over in the dirt of Iraq. So I'd, I'd rather go to I'd rather go to Iraq. Would you really? Yeah. So what if you only had to spend a year in the brig versus four in Iraq? I'd rather go to Iraq. Really? I'd rather not shoot anybody in Iraq. Um, you know, I mean, that that that's the that's what if the they problem. put you in a combat zone? You'd rather take a combat zone for four years than a year in a jail cell? Self-actualization, my friend. What's that mean? Well, I get to I get to decide. At the very least, I get to decide where my movements are in Iraq to mm -hmm. some extent. Um, you know, I, I get some level of control over my life. In prison, you don't. You can move around the prison. They're not going to let you move go around away. The cell. <laughs> you think they're going to let you go away from your little military assignment wherever you are? I, uh, I, I'm just telling you what I'd pick right now. Okay. I, mean, well, I, I don't know whether I would pick it. You asked me what I'd rather have. I see. And I don't know, um, from a uh, principled standpoint, I don't know whether I'd say, okay, give me the year in, in the brig. I might very well, but you're asking me what I would prefer, and I think I would prefer Iraq. If, uh, if they came to you today and they said, Mark, uh, you know, we're going to draft you. We've extended the ages of the uh, draft possibility out to 40, and so now you qualify. Uh, we understand you've got a baby at home and everything, but we really need you. So, uh, what, what would you take at that point? I mean, you'd be leaving your family for four years. You still think four um, years I, in Iraq would be? I'm preferable? certain. I'm rel reasonably certain that if I was one of the first draftees, that uh, you know, standing, doing some civil disobedience and not going would be somewhat more effective. And uh, I just I, I would not go. I, you you can't draft me. That's these now you're talking about something entirely different. That's, I see. You're, you're getting a piece of paper that says, from the government that says you've got to go. And well, how else would you end up? I don't going? know. I mean, I didn't. Right. You know, that wasn't the way the question was framed. So though. you would not uh, respond with the draft. You would not. You would not fall in line with the draft. I'd, I'd rather. You know, in, in that particular case, I'd take it as an opportunity for uh, civil disobedience, and Good. I would not go. Good for you. Same with me. 1-800-259-9231. That's the number for you. Bring up whatever's on your mind. You want to comment on this. Maybe you're in the military and you've been paying attention to the, the few cases. There have been, a, there's been at least one. I know, I think it was Lieutenant Watada in Hawaii that was refusing to, uh, to embark to Iraq. And they did bring him up on charges. Maybe we should check Google News here in a moment and see if there is uh, an update on that case. In the meantime, we can go to the email box from the progressive guy who uh, has been emailing us recently, he, he says, uh, from Jeffrey, he says, your discussion a few days ago sickened me. <laughs> you guys are delusional if you think we've been tinkering too much with the financial market. 
I, and I guess when he says we've been tinkering, he must mean the government has been tinkering. Right. And, and <laughs> the government's clearly uh, making a mistake as far as, uh, I mean, the reason, Jeffrey, that we have, you, you'll love this as a progressive. I'm going to tell you the reason that the dollar is crap right now. The reason the dollar is crap right now is the Iraq war. Because we printed so much money. Well, they order, did. They, they printed so much money in order to uh, to, to execute um, and prosecute their war that uh, they've they've destroyed the value of the dollar. That's mm. why the Canadian dollar is worth twice. That's why gold has shot up. That's why gasoline is um, three or almost going to four dollars a gallon. Wow. That's why all these things have happened is because of this unconstitutional war in Iraq. He says the uh, problem, the their problem is precisely because of number one deregulation or the problem we're in. He says number one deregulation, number two inaction on areas of business that are regulated. He says the banks did what they wanted to do. They ate and ate and ate, and now they have diabetes. They banked on people not reading the fine print and cheated people into buying loans that no one could afford. Now hold on. Um... This this whole banking crisis. He must be talking about the adjustable rate mortgages. Yeah, yeah. Now that's that's the one thing I think is really funny is they're called adjustable rate <laughs> mortgages. Like you need fine print, right? Right. They, there is no fine print here. The rate of the mortgage adjusts, and it could adjust up. You know? Yeah. I mean, here's what I don't understand. This wasn't this wasn't misleading. I'm pretty I'm sure that's made pretty clear when People you're getting saw a mortgage. An opportunity, you know, they, they 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 saw what they thought to be an opportunity, and they were wrong. They just made a bad guess. Do we want to go to Las Vegas and give all the losers their money back too? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Our uh, progressive emailer has a few more points he'd like to make, and of course, we'll talk to you about whatever's on your mind. Bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Eight hundred. 259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. The features, by the way, include the bulletin board system. We've got over 340,000 posts. That's a lot of posts. A lot of different uh, issues, subjects being discussed there. It's all for free, so get interactive over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is April 11th through the 13th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., $10 per person, knobcreekrange.com. That's knobcreekrange.com. We continue with a critical email about this whole free market uh, idea that we have. Uh, Jeffrey emails in. He considers himself a progressive. Which, by the way, I like the term progressive. Progressing towards social uh, socialism. Right, that's what Jeffrey's doing. He's progressing towards uh, bigger government, more government involvement in our lives. We're progressing toward more individual freedom and voluntary order. Uh, but here's what he has to say. He's very critical of the the uh, the bank situation, where where he's suggesting that people were hoodwinked well, into getting says, these high rate loans. First, he says that we're crazy that uh, the government uh, is getting too involved in the monetary system, and then he says the banks are at fault. Jeffrey, I would agree, because the Federal Reserve is a bunch of private banks. It is not a government organization. If you believe that, you have been hoodwinked by the name Federal Reserve. But the Federal Reserve is as federal as Federal Express. It's true. It's 
It, it's, it's a private organization of banks. They should not be controlling the money, and they do. And that is how our liberty is compromised in the single largest way. Right. He's being distracted by the uh, one of the end results of their policies, which is you know the various different loans that are available on the marketplace. All of these things are set up by the, by the bankers. Uh, so it's the whole banking system in the first place that's just, just rotten to the core. Yeah, we all have to use it to some extent in order to do our uh, daily business, but the system itself is just, it's anti-free market, and it's very, very controlled by the federal government. And, you know, I understand his uh, concern that some people may have uh, been hoodwinked into uh, getting uh, adjustable rate mortgages when they uh, shouldn't have. However, I'm concerned that some people are hoodwinked into... uh, you know all kinds of things that uh, you know waste their money. Lottery tickets, which is run by the state, paying taxes. <laughs> you know what do you get out of that? Um, you know I think if a bank committed fraud, then they should you know be up on charges. But by fraud, I mean they weren't clear and explicit as to what the terms were. I think an adjustable rate mortgage. I have Pretty one. Clear. I currently have one. Really? Well, actually. Um, I had one, and the bank, uh, because of this, you know, the the Washington Mutual, because of fear of mm-hmm. what the federal government was going to do, offered me a... They convert you or Yeah, something? like 200 bucks, I could convert it into a fixed-rate mortgage, and I did. Yeah. And it was very nice of them. I don't I don't know whether they would have done that if it, ha- it hadn't have been um, fear of the government getting involved, but they did it very early in the process, so I still don't know whether that's the case. Um Either, uh, you know, be that as it may, I, c- I could have still gone out and got a fixed-rate mortgage um, at the time I expected to sell, so, you know, I probably wouldn't have. Uh, you know, uh, all, all that aside, um, these uh, th- these people were told these are adjustable-rate mortgages, and I don't think that the American people should be required to bail out people who got adjustable-rate mortgages when they knew that the rates were going to adjust. Yeah, I'm with you there. Let me continue his critique. He says, that's what kills me about the analysis of the subprime crisis. It's not these people couldn't afford the loans. No one could. Get it? It should be illegal. But Republicans blame the victim and make the banks into victims of the defanged state. It is indeed illegal right now if Guido raises interest rates like that. Well, yeah, it is usury, which is the, well, that's the crime that you're talking about, is... Uh is illegal and no um these do, the the rates that banks are charging for mortgages do not qualify as usury that's that's a mis- uh, misinterpretation um they do have laws against usury um which means in most cases uh, i think it's above 23% interest or something like that but what that means is that people that have really crappy credit and need to get money right now and get a lot of it can't get that money they won't get it they won't get it because no one they, they, there's nobody to, to loan to them. right jeffrey are you going to suggest that these banks just you know loan out to everybody at the exact same rate no matter what the risk is are you going to right. force the banks to give people loans because th- do they have an obligation to give anybody that walks through the door a loan they, they don't they can just say no right. to the loans See, and that's what they're going to the, do he thinks the banks owe him something and they don't they're an organization set up by you know people that, are, that, that have free will. They should be able to loan at any rate they want to loan at. You know, I bet because, this guy... And, and you know what's going to drive down rates between banks? Competition. competition. Every single time. I bet that uh, this guy would be one of those guys who would also talk out against the uh, like the payday loan places. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, that's I, a, the, the rates are outrageous, because they do charge, in many cases, depending on how risky the person is that's coming in there looking for an advance on their paycheck, they do charge a, a fair amount of percentage. I mean, when I say fair, some would say it's unfair. When I mean it, when I say fair, I mean it's large, uh, and that gets ver- that gets some people very, very upset. 
But the fact is, those people are going in there and they're choosing to use those services on a voluntary basis. And without those payday loan services, where would those folks get loans from? Where would they get? The, I mean, the private loans, like a what? A private loan shark? Some some friend of a friend of a friend that's willing to uh, to loan them money with some break your kneecaps kind of terms. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's what, what you're going to get. happened to me one time. I did need uh, a whole bunch of money. I needed it for a very short period of time. I had to pay off, um, you know, a, a loan in a business that um, needed to be done, and I had to get it through a private uh, individual. And I'm sure that it would have been illegal. I don't remember what the rates, what the terms were, but he had to make some good money to do it. I'm sure. sure. And I did it for one week, and you know, it helped me. It, it was good for me. So. It's these laws that stopped me from going to a business that would have likely given me a lower rate. Right. The people this, like this law hurt me. People like Jeffrey seem to believe that it's those other people that can't make decisions for themselves. He can handle it, I'm sure, but it's those other people out there uh, that that they just can't decide these things for themselves. So therefore, we need the government out there limiting their choices and limiting their options. And it's just disgusting. Let me continue. He says, many unwitting people who qualified for good loans were steered into subprime loans and before they could refinance, lost everything. The apologists for the banks try to throw in the black borrower red herring. People like to think that many of the black people this happened to shouldn't have gotten the loan in the first place. Well, first, this is happening across the board. Second, there aren't enough black borrowers to cause the crisis. Third, many black and Hispanic people were steered into subprime loans when they earned more money than their white counterparts who didn't get subprime. I know people here in Shreveport, Louisiana, black people who are professionals making great money, who either lost their homes or had to quickly refinance once they learned they were hoodwinked. I had to uh, quickly, you know, basically I quickly refinanced my home and I'm white, just so you know. What is this? Uh, maybe I don't understand a lot about this subprime idea. I thought I wasn't subprime. On subprime I thought subprime was for people that just are are you know poor risks. Wasn't that the the yeah. idea? So why would they steer someone into a subprime loan? Would be because it's bigger 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 rates? Is I, that I would the idea? say that uh, in in the case of uh, some mortgage brokers brokers uh, may have uh, seen better commissions from steering someone into, uh, into a subprime um, one loan or the other and. You know what? What that is is that's sheer laziness on the uh, part of the buyer. The buyer could have chosen to go to a couple of mortgage brokers and compared their uh, the the offers that they were made. But instead, they decided to go to one and just trust just that they were going to give us um, give you a good rate. It's like hiring one plumber to come to the house and say, "Hey, I'm not going to bother with any other plumbers. You just and give me your best guy, rate." Right? Yeah, telling him that. Yeah, right. That's not that's not uh, it's not criminal what the plumber does. It's stupid what you do. Got to be a smart buyer. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies 2008. It's your show. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free. So enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what it's all about, shrine.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for an intellectual challenge this summer? Join students from around the world at a free uh, summer seminar sponsored by the Institute for Humane Studies. Hear lectures from top faculty and discuss the ideas of liberty and their current applications. Get more information at libertarianseminars.com. 
That's libertarianseminars.com. We're going to take a break on this email uh, from the so-called progressive, and uh, we'll get back to that because people want to comment on it. So we're going to your phone calls. Uh, let's talk first to Nigel in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nigel. Hi. Hey, what's on uh, your mind? I wanted to talk about how, you know, y'all have been talking about the Paulville thing for the past couple of days, and it seems like a cool idea, but it also seems to me that they are doing it completely the wrong way. You're referring well, to it's this. In the, it's in the very, very early stages at this point, and I think um, you know it's <laughs> you know it's it's a very incipient idea that has, has a long way to go before it's in, into reality. You're referring to this concept that some of the Ron Paul supporters are engaging in, where they've purchased a plot of land in the middle of nowhere and are uh, planning on going out and and living on it. Uh, it's not an activist project. It's a kind of more of a separatist kind of a project. It's a, it's a libertarian Lego commune. <laughs> What were your thoughts right. about Well, yeah, the, the Lego thing last night, I'm not quite sure what that guy was talking about. It didn't sound like he was either. Legos. They're little plastic things. They interlock, and he's going to build buildings out of giant Legos. Bigger, bang. Yeah, bigger Legos, exactly. Right. Well, and obviously the first problem, as you guys saw, the thing is a county east of El Paso, which means that it is in complete desert. Yes. But aside from that, <laughs> it seems that they're, well, one, they have a really low buy-in. So you are probably going to get a lot of people that say, oh, I can spend $200 on this, and then they're not actually going to move out there. Right. I think that's uh, that's largely what you're going to see is, uh, is, is what's going to turn into a camping ground for uh, libertarians. Just yeah. Fine. I just don't think and, that people are going to live uh, you know, 24, 24-7 out in the desert um, or wilderness. I'm not exactly sure what this land is like. I mean, if they claim that they can grow some crops. Good, uh, but well, you can grow crops on anything if you have water. Right, right, and that, that's going to be a big issue. Um, I think that <laughs> more, uh, probably a bigger issue is I grew up in Florida um, with no air conditioning. I've been out in Texas during uh, some of their little heat waves. You're going to die out there in the desert. Well, I think no they AC. would like to have power. I think they plan on having some sort of wind farm, or who knows? They're looking for alternate like, well, methods. And, to... and that that brings me to another thing that I have a problem with them on is that they say that they want to you know, all be self-sufficient. I mean, that's just not the way modern economies work. You can have a sustainable kind of economy without having, you know, everybody have their own solar panels and their own windmills. You should just have one guy whose job it is to do that. Yeah. And, you know, they can go off-grid and have their own grid. You can do this. But I think that they are going at it in a way that, oh, we're going to be as individualist as possible, and I don't think that's going to be the but most But at the same time, there's it. kind of this bizarro uh, corporation thing going on where, you know, they, they, they're they saying one thing about being individualists and, you know, liberty, not necessarily activists, but liberty-oriented, and then at the others, on the other hand, they have this corporation that you have to buy a share of, and then you get to vote on different things, and they say on their website that there's not going to be an obligation to abide by the votes, and it's just very strange. It's like it's not communist, but it's certainly not true. It's certainly not true property rights, at least not as as I understand it. And either way, it's hey, you're going out living in the middle of the desert. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's right well, for I some mean, people. If, if I were doing this, I would say if I had you know that land, I would say okay, when you buy land, you sign an agreement that says you basically you know join a mutual aid association kind of thing that you'll defend each other's property, mm-hmm. and then. You all agree you're not you're going to live just completely outside the system because other there's none of that. You know, if you're just living out there and still paying the IRS, you're still paying property taxes, you're still <laughs> doing everything else. What are you doing? All, the only thing you did is decrease your job prospects. 
Yeah, it's a great point. I don't. It doesn't make much sense to me. It's I, you know, it's it's targeted well, towards people that just want to get away from society. I you suppose. would. I, I suppose you would uh, decrease. Uh, you know, uh, property taxes. Yes, but um, you know, a lot of uh, towns have very restrictive rules as far as living there. I don't know what it's like in Texas, and it it never bothered me in Florida. It doesn't really bother me too much here in New Hampshire, but. Um, you know, some towns have more restrictive rules than others. Maybe they're trying to get away from that. Well, they're in an unincorporated area. Yeah. I mean, the, the county that they're looking at has one incorporated area that has like 300 people in it, and the rest is just unincorporated. I think it's a very – this this project is very, very early, and it's uh, – it, it, you know, they're in the conceptual stages at this point. And uh, it, although it's fun to, for, for me to, uh, m- you know, make fun of the Legoland thing, but um, I, I don't – you know, there's no guarantee that this is going to get uh, two months, wor- you know, farther into the planning stages, let alone any implementation. Right. And, and the last thing – that I have to say that I think they should definitely do if they go through with this. At location, they need to welcome as many illegal Mexicans as possible. Yeah, I don't, just, I don't get the feeling that they're going to be that kind of uh, group. I mean, I like what right, you're saying. I, you're saying that to get them out there and you, you know get them to work on stuff, right? Right. Well, yeah, you get them to work on stuff, you get them to join your community, they're going to join in and defend it with you because the thing we don't have is numbers. And when you have people that are fleeing an awful situation there, you know, and you say, hey, we're not going to report police. We don't even have police. Yeah, I think but they had I, said that the uh, the I intention for the there. community was for it to be a uh, walled, gated community, and so therefore it doesn't sound to me like they're going to be too friendly to outsiders. I don't think they're going to build a very big wall around 50 acres with $9,000 at this point. Yeah. We're just talking about the concept, Mark. I understand. That's all. We're just talking about that. So uh, I think it's an uh, interesting critique. Nigel, any other thoughts for us tonight? Nope, that's it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Ziggy in the UK. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ziggy. Okay, I've got three things for you. All first right. of all, you don't have to fear from Randy Rhodes. I heard her show for the first time last night. I was bored on I had insomnia, so I, I decided to have a listen and boy is she boring. I don't think we ever thought it. I don't even think anything (laughs) of Randy Rhodes. I I've heard she's good, but you say she's boring. What do I know? Well, yeah, she just drones. Secondly, yeah, last night you uh, you had that email about you know people unhappy about the conspiracy theorists, and you actually hit upon the problem. Now I don't want to have a go at the the uh, um, people who um, help you, and I know that you can't bite the hand that feeds you. But I think part of the problem is that you're on the GCN network. Which is, you know, packed full of conspiracy theory shows. I don't really see it as a problem, personally. I mean, it can be a little annoying when one calls in after another after another. But I think that, you know, what apl- I think what applies is what I said last night, and that is that they seem to come in waves. They'll come and they'll call for a little bit, and then we'll shut them down. And we'll, you know, we'll defend our position and we'll demolish theirs, and then they'll they'll get the clue. They'll get the idea that they probably shouldn't bother calling and here there's with some that advan- nonsense. There's some advantages to GCN um, that you know just we couldn't have get we couldn't get on other uh, syndicators. Yeah, yeah, I understand, but they, 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 you know, you've mentioned in the past that they, they, they have helped you a great deal. Um, the only problem is every time Paula seems to ring, and she seems to think she's still listening to Alex Jones. <laughs> I don't know what she thinks. I don't know if she even <laughs> listens to any of the uh, the content on the network. <laughs> but anyway, some very serious news from uh, over here about the banking crisis. Okay. Um, of course, you might have already heard that we've already had one of our banks nationalized. Northern no, I Rock. did not. I did not hear that. Wow. Yeah, bear, yeah similar to Bear Stearings. Um, anyways, today, uh, First Direct, who are owned by HSBC, have said that they will not take any more mor- uh, mortgage applications. Wow. 
And my own bank, the cooperative, have said the same. <laughs> and basically, this could have a knock-on effect in the economy because if people aren't taking out mortgages to buy property, then property prices will fail, and it has a knock-on effect on the whole of the economy. Yeah, it sure could. Plus also, some on the left have already intimated that it's because the Bank of England and the Federal Reserve have been bailing banks out, that, you know, maybe they should be bailing individuals out, and that is very dodgy ground. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, they're kind of doing that to some extent here, aren't they? Aren't they giving people an easy out on their mortgages, that sort of thing? That's essentially a, a subsidy in a way. It's essentially Which is a encouraging personal responsibility when it comes to financial, uh, finances. Well, Thank we should be, much. but government will never right. do something like that. Because if you don't get personal responsibility in people's finances, they're always going to expect uh, the government to come bail them out whenever they make a stupid decision. Yeah, then that's and, what they're and expecting And when the government now. bails somebody out, that means that my tax dollars are be being used, and I don't want to do it. Good call, Ziggy. Thanks, sir. 800-259-9231. You bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sinkle CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, including archives, wiki, updates, live streams. We give it all away, though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Now, extra hour for the Internet listeners only. You can download it uh, as our archives are normally. It's just a, a longer version of the show there at freetalklive.com. But something we mentioned uh, apparently wasn't true, and I want to make sure we correct that as soon as possible. I just discovered this moments ago during the break. Okay. The AMP-only shrine has disappeared. Really? Yeah, we had talked about how our Free Talk Live amplifiers, the people that support the show... Uh, you can become one at amp.freetalklive.com, have access to an AMP-only shrine of female listeners, which is a little it was a little racier uh, than the existing shrine that we have. And I think what happened was, I think that thread was originally started by someone who wasn't me, so one of the amplifiers who subsequently deleted his account. And when he deleted his account... That big, giant, 20-something page thread is gone? It seems to be gone. Huh. So what needs to happen is, I think uh, somebody needs to start... Well, an amp-only thread. It? I know. I just haven't had a chance yet. Okay. Start an amp-only shrine and they can thread, post whatever they... and that'll have to be recreated essentially from scratch. I'm sure there's plenty of our uh, our guys on the BBS that have downloaded all those pictures for them their own personal. <laughs> <view>. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's probably true. <laughs> Though, will they want to admit it? Will they want to uh, to to admit that they downloaded the pictures for their personal collection? Uh, so we will probably rebuild the amp-only shrine, but it's up to the uh, the ladies to. Uh, you know, to make sure it's populated with pictures. So I apologize for uh, being misleading. We thought it was there, but it wasn't. Uh, so become an amplifier, and you'll get access to other things, like the AMP-only call-in line, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. And it's only 3 bucks a month, and the money goes right back into the show. It gets reinvested into the program to get us on more radio stations across the country. So get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. Gene in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Gene, Tennessee. Gene, the Christian anarchist. Going once. Gene? Yes, I'm here. You are. Hello. What's um, on your mind? Well, it occurred to me that I haven't talked to you guys lately about Christian anarchy. And okay. And you picked up so many new stations and have so many new listeners, I figured it was appropriate. All right. What is Christian anarchy? Well... Uh, as you guys know, um, 
since I've been calling you for so long. A Christian anarchist is one who believes that the only person who has any authority over them is God. And there's some resources on the web for anyone who wants to look them up, and one of them is Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And if they just go to Wikipedia and type in Christian Anarchy, they'll come up with a page that has some resources there. The other one is my own site, which is a freewebs.com uh, site, and then after it, you just put slash Christian Anarchist. Now, wouldn't this? I, now, look, I'm looking at it from an outside perspective, as I am not a, a Christian. But would this not, as I as I used to be, I think I have some level of perspective. Would anarchy or uh, the free marketplace or voluntarism? Because I don't like the term anarchy, and, and you and I both, we've talked about that, I think, in the past. But wouldn't you suggest that that position, the, the voluntarist, anarchist position, is really the only Christian one? Well, I would say that it is, and I would even go farther and say that Jesus was more than likely a Christian anarchist. Or, I mean, of course, he was Christ, so you can't really say he was Christian. But as, a, as the embodiment of, of God in human form, he was an anarchist towards mankind, because he did not recognize authority on earth. He said all authority come from heaven. And uh, so in that regard, I think that uh, he could be classified as an anarchist. And people need to understand, as I know that you do, Ian, and I'm not so sure that Mark quite gets it yet, <laughs> but all government function or all governments are fiction which means that they don't exist, they're not real. Wait a minute, Gene, there's buildings, there's people with badges, guns. You're telling me that's all not real? It's all the, the buildings and the people with guns are real, but what they are are people just like me. But they believe in their government the way that a child believes in the tooth fairy. <laughs> and the two are, extre- are, are basically the same thing. They believe in the tooth fairy, and I go along with that, as long as people don't try and use their ridiculous uh, usurpation of force against me. That's why I promote Ron Paul for president. Mm -hmm. I want him to be president of the Tooth Fairy Believers, and I think that if we can get him to be president of the Tooth Fairy Believers, there will be less Tooth Fairy Believers using force against people who want to be free. Sure, and maybe some of those believers will uh, end up realizing the Tooth Fairy, or the government in this case, is just, uh, as you say, a fantasy or a fiction. It is a fiction, a legal fiction. Now, the people with the guns are not a legal fiction. They are real people, and they have guns, and they're prepared to use them to enforce their fiction. So it's the same as if a Tooth Fairy believer believed that whenever you have a tooth come out of your mouth, you have to put it under your pillow, and if the Tooth Fairy believers came after me with guns... Trying to enforce that law, it's exactly the same as when the federal government comes after me with guns and tries to enforce any of their laws. They are real people who believe in a fiction. So it's hard to get that point across to people, but once they get that point, all the lights come on and they start to realize, you know what, no one has authority over me other than the person, the one who created me. And I call that the law of creation. If somebody creates something, they have ultimate authority over that creation. If I create a little What about robot, your parents? What about your parents? I mean, you could argue that your parents created you. No, I can't, because they didn't create me. All they did was they, they had a, a moment of passion which brought two cells together, which then multiplied and became me. But they did not create the cells, neither did they create themselves. So they did not create me. If, if they were to create me from 
elements themselves in a laboratory somewhere, mm -hmm. then I could say that they created me. But they didn't. They just followed nature, and that's what happened. I got. I became me. Now, Gene, I wouldn't argue with you, um, like my partner here, about uh, who created you and who didn't. However, Not arguing. I just asked questions. Your um, your, your thought process on uh, Christian anarchy in, in general. Do you think you would have uh, come to this? Uh, unusual philosophy um do you think you would have come to it uh if it hadn't been for just how big and just how intrusive and just how much money the federal government takes the federal state and local governments take i am not sure of that um i think that people do come to this conclusion after they have thought about it clearly you know when they've said well you know when they when they've broken it down to the basics like can I have force, can I exert my will over you using force? If the answer to that is no in my mind, then I say, well, can Mark and Ian, Ian exert their will over me using force? And I say, no, that's not legitimate either. And you just multiply that out. Well, can 500,000 people get together and exercise their will over me using force? And I say, no, that's not right either. So neither can those people... Uh, bestow upon an individual such as a police officer this, the authority to do the same thing if they don't have the legitimate authority to do it over me neither do they have the authority to send somebody out to do their dirty work i love the viewpoint gene thank you for the call tonight and uh, i'm sure there are some christians out there newark uh newer listeners to the show that uh, found uh, found that very interesting 1-800-259-9231 seems to me however the uh, that the whole religion thing in general uh, organized religion especially, and I don't think Gene is the organized kind of Christian. He is not. Uh, but the organized religion seems to me to be not quite as dangerous as government, but dangerous from a mental perspective in that it doesn't really, I don't think it really helps encourage people to think for themselves, the, the organized religion process. It also kind of in, inculcates people with the authority mindset, and I don't find any value in that personally. Just as an aside. Well, you know, um, I I understand where you're coming from. I do, th however, think that the uh, the Christian anarchist uh, philosophy, you know, th just the whole idea of uh, Christianity mixed with uh, liberty is a very strong place to be coming from, a, a strong stand. Because especially if, as a Christian, it is, yeah, right. Because there's so many Christians out there, and you can speak well, people that call themselves Christians. I wonder how many of them are actual church-going Christians. I think there's only a smaller, a much smaller percentage. If they call themselves Christians, that's all it takes yeah. for the, to have the strong stand. Uh, because then you can, uh, you, you can talk to them on that level. You can say, well, would Jesus use, if Jesus were in charge, would Jesus use guns and mm. uh, threats of violence to get what he wanted out of people? No, he absolutely wouldn't have done that. So wait, that. if Jesus didn't want you to smoke marijuana, he wouldn't throw you in a jail cell? No, no, probably not. Not no. as I understood the Jesus. I mean, no, I he used said, to be a Christian. He said that uh, you know the person without sin can um, cast the first stone, and so no, no. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. We've got I think Hollis on the line, and we'll take your calls about anything. Ladies, come first at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Still have to finish up the uh, email from the progressive. Also. Uh, we're going to also talk about putting things off, procrastinating, and how to avoid doing it. A little bit of uh, self-help. All coming up, you take it. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. To the phones and the fun, let's talk to Hollis in Missouri. Hollis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hollis, going once. I'd just like to say that I completely agree with Gene, and I'm also a Christian free marketeer. Excellent, sir. Uh, anyway, I wanted to talk about uh, nuclear weapons. And okay. I believe people can own any sort of weapon, like no limits. And uh, I just wondered how the free market would deal with nuclear weapons. Like, I don't know. If what do you think? Were... I'm not sure. I, I wondered if somebody went rogue with a nuclear weapon. Like, that would be hard to stop. It would be hard to stop them from going rogue right now if they're uh, calling themselves the U.S. government or some other government of the world. Yeah, and I guess so. Nuclear I don't weapons know. are already in the hands of some very dangerous people around the world. Well, um, I'll let you uh, – I've got something to say, too, once uh, once you're done with him. Ian. Yeah, I think it's, it's certainly uh, the fear that this is kind of like the ultimate question that people will ask. When you hear a liber- liberty-minded person say they're for total gun freedom, inevitably someone will say, well, what about bazookas? What about bombs? What about nuclear weapons? And you, you know, it makes you think to yourself, well, maybe we do need a government around to, uh, to stop people from getting their hands on nuclear devices. But the fact is, people that want to create nuclear devices, uh, if they've got the resources terrorist organizations, for instance, they can likely get their hands on them. It's just that uh, you have to count to understand why those things don't happen today. Why the uh, why, do- why doesn't uh, the president drop a nuclear weapon on Iran or something like that? Uh, not to say it couldn't happen. It certainly has happened in the past. In fact, it, it was the U.S. government. I think the U.S. government's the only government of the world that has actually used nuclear, uh, dropped a nuclear device of some sort on uh, a population, and they've certainly tested it on their own people, which is absolutely despicable. So, I mean, there's already been some serious damage done at the hands of the government. Uh, I just don't know how easy it is to put together a nuclear device, but from what I understand, it it can be done uh, with people with, you know, if you've got the know-how and the connections. So I don't know how, how effective governments are really at stopping that sort of thing. I just think that most people don't want to drop nuclear weapons on others. That, uh, otherwise, it'd be happening. Plus, they also understand that if they drop a nuke, then someone's going to drop a nuke back on them, and then it's all over and done with. And you you don't get to live your plush life as a, uh, a politician or some, some elite anymore. You don't get to live your life at all if you start a nuclear conflict. So there's no easy answer to uh, to that particular question, unless Mark has one, which you're welcome to well, chime um, in here. My easy answer to that would be uh, owning a nuclear weapon is a crime. Um, the reason it's a crime is is because, um, as opposed to a gun, I can shoot one person with a gun who is threatening me or my family or mm-hmm. initiating force against me or my family. Um, however, with a nuclear weapon, all I can do is blow up a huge area of geography, killing whoever's in that uh, area of geography. So one's a, one weapon can be used as de- defense, whereas one can only be used in offense. So would you say that any bomb is a crime? Um, I... What, what are you gonna do? What, what are you gonna do with a bomb? I don't know. Some people like to blow stuff up. 
No, um, I don't think that any bomb is. Uh, some, so it, there has to be a certain blast radius for it to be uh, yeah, a, certain, a, crime? a certain size. Who of will it. decide that? Um, well, who do you think? I don't know. A I'm small, you. limited form of government. I see. Well, how about a lynch mob? Hmm. So what do you think, Hollis? Well, uh, I guess you could argue the fact that, I mean, if everybody had a nuclear bomb, then no one would want to really try to fire one. Well, everyone's not going to have a nuclear bomb because not everyone wants a nuclear bomb. Only certain people, government people, typically want them. And the people that are uh, trying to destroy, uh, you know, like the terrorist organizations, uh, they might want to get their hands on them. But then again, you know, we go back to the question of, well, if the U.S. government wasn't going around the world bombing people with non-nuclear weapons and killing innocent folk and occupying other people's countries, would anyone be interested in uh, initiating force against the United States? Well, it's not like... Like uh, it, it's not like the U.S. government has a monopoly on, uh, um, you know, force or anything like that. Every government would want to do that. And the simple fact that we got freedom here in the United States doesn't mean freedom comes around the world. It certainly won't. No, but my question was, if the U.S. government stops invading other people's countries, then someone else will. Well, okay, then they would be targeted by the nuclear strike. My question is, though, if the U.S. government stops doing it. Then how motivated will will people around the world be to bring violence against the uh, the people of America? I wouldn't think they'd be as motivated in that case because I don't, they wouldn't be threatening. Them. I don't think that they would be as motivated to attack us. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay, Hollis. Yeah, well, and also, I mean, not not everybody. I mean, most people wouldn't want to kill a large amount of people either. So. Right, that's why we're all still here for the most part. Thanks for the call tonight. I right, appreciate and, it. And I want to make a point um, that you, you uh, asked, well, who's going to decide? Um, now, you, you have this vision of a, of a world with no government where everyone has voluntary interactions. Would it be okay and acceptable for somebody in your world to walk around uh, using a, a weapon in an aggressive manner um, in that world? Um, Certainly not. Right. It's okay, it's okay to have a gun on your hip. It's not okay to pull that gun out and point it at someone, right? No, it's not okay. Okay. So um, a nuclear weapon is the essentially pointing a gun at people. Being, mm-hmm. being in the, uh, you know, you having a nuclear weapon in somewhere, uh, you know, depending on how big it is, how many, you know, megatons or whatever the bomb is, mm-hmm. having it in the vicinity of me is pointing a gun at me. Right. And that's, um, so who would control in your world uh, the aggressive use of a, a weapon? Well, if somebody uh, was pointing a gun at another person, then they would be uh, th- they'd be giving up their liberties, and at that point would be subject to being taken out. Uh, okay, so well, then, having a anybody we- that would be having around, a nuclear weapon would subject you to being taken out. Yeah, it might very well. I mean, you'd have to find out about it. I think that's the the trickiest part about what you're talking about, Mark. The idea there would be that the individual who had the sure. nuclear weapon would yep. somehow have to advertise that yep. uh, in order for you to come across that information. The fact is, right now in your neighborhood. Someone could have a nuclear weapon. It's, it's true. Unlikely, very unlikely. I mean, you know, they could just have a bomb. <laughs> they could. They could have a very large one. It could um, be in their garage. They a could lot be easier to get. You can get. You can get dynamite in places in the United States right now. Yeah. You could build a, a rather large bomb in your basement if you so chose, and blow up several people's houses around your block. Your the guy next door could have a bomb in his house, and you wouldn't know. Now, once everyone finds out he has a bomb, it's a big deal. But until they find out, it's not a big deal. It's true. So how do you propose to deal with that? Uh, you can't. Shouldn't we have house-to-house searches to make sure that no one has bombs? <laughs> 
No. No, of course not, because it would violate uh, property rights. And so I agree with you, Mark. If somebody found out that there was a guy down the street with a nuclear weapon that he was building in his garage, I think that there would be people in that society that would have a, uh, a keen interest in putting a stop to that. How would they go about doing it? I don't know. Let's let the market decide that. Maybe they would uh, surveil him for a time to ensure that the, uh, the tr- it was true that he was indeed building a nuclear weapon. And then... Uh, They'd have to make a move, and hopefully they'd be right. And if they were right and they were able to uh, confiscate the parts or to somehow imprison that guy for a, for a time, then they'd have to, to take that case to probably some sort of arbitration to, to prove it, uh, to prove that they were right about that. But I imagine that, uh, that people in society would want to see someone like that punished. It'll be interesting to see how the market would handle that. 800-259-9231. The fact is, right now, there are dangerous people with nuclear weapons, and they have no accountability whatsoever for using them. They're called governments, and uh, that should be what we should concern ourselves with, is handling those folks and dealing with them. They are the people down the street with the nuclear weapons, and we know they have them, but yet we know we can't do anything about it. So, I would be very concerned about what they might do. Let's go to Will in Hawaii on the amp line. Hello, Will. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Today will be the last time I'm calling in as Will in Hawaii. Oh, wow. What are you planning on doing now? um, Tomorrow, um, I'm going to be flying with my wife, Brooke, to Seattle to get ready to walk across the country um, as part of the Walk for Liberty. It's an amazing project. You had called in once before to tell us about it. Uh, There's a website, Right. right? Yeah, walkforliberty.com. And your pro, your plan is to go from, is it California to uh, New Hampshire? Uh, from Oregon. Oh, okay, from Oregon. Oregon to New Hampshire, yeah. Oregon to New Hampshire. Give, give us the, the latest on that here in a moment. Hang on, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. We'll talk about procrastination, hopefully, uh, and take your calls as well. We've got Mark, Jeremy, and Ben all on the line, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Uh, you can get interactive there, create anything, uh, pretty much anything you want. It's like a listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. It's free. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Is another fad diet the answer to losing those extra pounds? Is working out and eating right no longer working to help you lose weight? If you can relate to that, then go read the story of a doctor who lost 37 pounds in one month and has kept it off. See the actual before and after pictures and read his story at notfatanymore.com. Want to get off the fad diet roller coaster and forever, um, forever? Then check out notfatanymore.com. We go to Will in Hawaii on the amp line. Will, who is going to be the primary participant in the walk for liberty, uh, but you'll also be joined by your wife and I believe your brother at uh, at certain points on your trek Correct. across the country from Oregon to New Hampshire, which you are preparing to embark upon. Is that correct? Yep, that, that's right. Um, we've been. Um, my my brother has, is already um, on the mainland now. Um, he's in Indiana, just tying some, up some loose ends there before the walk. And Brooke and I have been getting ready to move here, just getting all our stuff packed up and everything. And you say all your stuff, fine. and that's because you're literally going to be arriving in New Hampshire and staying there. You're walking across America, and you're staying there. You're walking, you say, walkforliberty.com, right? Yep, that's exactly it. So you're yeah, a Free State be... Project member, and this is going to be your move to New Hampshire, essentially. 
Yeah, yeah, walk into move to New Hampshire. Pretty awesome and really dedicated and just an amazing idea. And of course, we're uh, we're appreciating that you called in to uh, to share it with us. So when is this going to start? It's in it's sometime this month. Yeah, we're um, I'm planning to start walking from Seaside, Oregon, on April 12th, and probably get to Portland around you know the next weekend. So it'll probably take about a week to get to Portland, probably about 10 miles a day at first. Uh, I'm hoping, at least. <laughs> have you contacted and, any media uh, yet besides Free Talk Live? Have you contacted any Oregon media to announce uh, your intentions? Well, yeah, I'm hoping that we can arrange some um, to, to cover by the time we get to Portland. And uh, so far, so far, not too much. I mean, we, we actually met with uh, a reporter from the the, the uh, Brigham Young University College here mm-hmm. um, who, who interviewed with us. Um, uh, but that's it so far. Cool, but, and yeah, all that stuff get... is, uh, you're going to be posting any media you can get your hands on, right, on your website, walkforliberty.com. And do, do you not also have a YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, it's also uh, Walk for Liberty. Um, Fantastic. Walk for Liberty on YouTube. Excellent. Well, best of luck, and uh, keep us in the loop, and uh, good. enjoy your last few days in Hawaii. Okay, thanks. Thanks, right. Will. 800-259-9231. That's dedication. Yeah, um, you know, so many people find it difficult to move from their... Uh, you know, their, their warmer climate to New Hampshire. That guy's moving from Hawaii. Hawaii he yeah. lives in paradise. He's walking on <laughs> foot to from uh, Oregon to New Hampshire. Hawaii's also very socialist, so I can understand why someone that's would want to leave. That's because the socialists <laughs> take over all the beautiful places. That's just the way that goes. Seems to be how it is. Let's continue with your phone calls and talk to Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you again. What's on your mind tonight, sir? Oh, well, um, I just wanted to give you an update. I was going to say something good about uh, the county that I live in. I mean, after the way I thought we, re- you know, got got over everything in court. You know, I pled no contest just so I could move along because I'm trying to move. Is this the one but, where, is this the case where they broke into your house while you were uh, while you were inside and your door, well, I guess they didn't break in, your door was open and they just came in and, and uh, arrested you? And uh, I went in and played no contest, and since I had filed, um, I think it because I filed a complaint uh, with the sheriff, um, they didn't uh, find me or give me no jail time or nothing. Really? On that. But I did get a fine on the other one, but it's worth it just to pay it off. Remember last night, that guy was... You was yeah, just to get him off your butt. So you want to get out of the area, huh? Yeah, well, not... Not the whole area. I just don't want to live in this miniature tri-city cesspool. Well, that's what you well, got to do, man. It's it'll feel better to just get them off your back. I mean, I you don't have any backup. You don't have anybody else to stand with you if you were to refuse to pay their fines or anything like that. So if you're all on your own like that, then it seems to be the sensible thing to do. Good luck, Jeremy, and thank you for the call. Let's continue and talk to Rod in Michigan City. Rod, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on WIMS. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, I was just listening to the program tonight. Uh, i got some bad news for you guys. Okay. It's already a violation of U.S. code for anyone that will build a nuclear weapon or to own any type of components that uh, you can build a nuclear weapon you with. You mean except the for materials. the government people, right? Pardon? It's illegal for any of us regular folk, but not illegal for the government people? 
I know. I'm afraid that the United States government is kind of exempt from doing those things. Yeah. It's funny how they pass yeah. those laws. Uh, you know, here in a, in a free nation, they pass laws, uh, uh, you know, against the citizens, but they can do whatever they want. Isn't right now, that weird? Aren't, aren't, well, didn't they come from the ranks of the, the citizens? Let's face the hard facts, though. That, that, you know, though I'm not for every regulation that the government pumps out, uh, you know, owning nuclear weapons is not one of the ones that I would support uh, not having some type of regulation on. Why it's should they be allowed, though? I, I mean, I'm with like you on that. Pe block, people you know? shouldn't be able to have nuclear weapons. I'm with you there. But uh, why should the government people be able to? I mean, aren't they just regular folk, too? Or, I mean, why are they more trustworthy than anyone else? Well, I, well I'm not going to debate that argument since we've been kind of losing uh, or misplacing nuclear weapons lately. But... Uh, <laughs> That's not the point. The point is, is that uh, they need to be the weapons systems need to be re reduced for much further, yeah. much further than we're doing it now under the uh, under the Luger amendment. But the fact is, is that anyone who thinks that they can get away with building a nuclear weapon and uh, putting it in their garage, uh, it's not a not something you're going to be able to sneak away with in this country. Not today. Well, probably not. I don't know. I wouldn't know if I would be so um, so sure of myself on that one. I mean, I'm sure the parts are pretty hard to get a hold of, but I don't think it'd be impossible. I mean, as you said, the government themselves has been losing uh, nuclear weapons. I mean, I haven't seen the story on that, but I'll take your word for it. So if you've got people on the inside of government that have special access to certain things and they're willing to uh, to take a certain amount of money in order to give other people that aren't supposed to have access access to those things, then it could it could very easily result in things going out the back door, falling off the back of a truck, and uh, ending up in uh, the, the wrong hands. Of course, I would argue that uh, a nuclear weapon in anyone's hands is a, is a bad idea, but if they're there now in the hands of the government, who's to say that the government people won't just sell them off to... Uh... Oh, we have, I, mean, I gotta agree, we, we're having a slight problem. The Air Force a few months ago kind of misplaced six one, uh, ACM-129s. You know, and that, which is not a good thing to do, and then end up on a tarmac in Texas, on an Air Force base in Texas, unsecured for 10 hours. I think we've uh, kind of accidentally shipped some uh, nuclear components to Taiwan mm -hmm. by accident instead of helicopter parts. We are having our problems, there's no doubt about it. Thank um, Rod, thank uh, you for the call tonight. We appreciate you uh, dialing in here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So yeah, I don't. You know, neither one of us has advocated that uh, that the people be able to own nuclear weapons. No, I mean, you know, that's definitely not what we think. I think that uh, the owning of a nuclear weapon is is a threat against uh, your neighbor, which means we're constantly being threatened by the U.S. government. I mean, they've they've been known to drop. There was a story recently about them dropping the b a bomb on somebody's house. It and was unfortunately. Inert. You know, the, the United States government is the only organization ever to use one of these things. It wasn't a live bomb, but it was a t like a test bomb. They didn't mean to drop it, but they did. What if it was live? More on the way. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Anything. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. The Sankel CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both are free for you at freetalklive.com. 
These, uh, by the way, the, the cam is down tonight. We are being reminded of that, and that does not appear to be our fault. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they, they, our, our listeners are reminding us uh, pretty uh, effectively. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. Your, your audio only tonight, uh, those of you who are on the Internet world. We are looking into other options for the cam as we've been having trouble with our current cam provider. But as I said last night on our Internet show, what do you want for free, right? <laughs> We're not paying these guys, so... See if we can find a better a better option, but that will take a little time, so do be patient. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We continue with your phone calls and talk to Ben in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ben. Uh, hello. I'd like to talk about one how nuclear weapons could be used in a defensive manner. Let's hear that. And how nuclear weapons could be um, regulated in a free market situation. By all means, sir. Well, uh, not all nuclear weapons are necessarily the kind that, like, the fat man who was dropped on Nagasaki. Have you heard of the Davy Crockett nuclear weapon? No. I have not. No. Well, it's actually a it's a small battle nuclear weapon fired from a tripod. And it only has a blast radius of about 500 yards. Hmm. So, um, like, if the Free State Project someday succeeds beyond our wild, wildest dreams and we're threatened on getting invaded by the U.S., we could set up these things along the border and to defend against an invasion. And it would only do a minimum of damage to, to the surrounding territory. Well, as you said before, or as Mark said before, uh, I guess it depends on the blast radius, how scared people get, and uh, how it's being stored and all that. If somebody's got a nuclear 500 weapon, yards is a big blast radius, but, you know, it's it, certainly there's larger. If someone was storing a, uh, a bomb like that in a safe location, then I don't see what the objection would be, right? Would you object to that, Mark, if someone was a tinkerer and they had a, uh, you know, they liked bombs so much that they wanted to play with this kind of crap and it's, they had a huge piece of plot of land or it's something It's really like an that? issue of progression, because you can find, a, you probably could find a regular what, ballistic uh, bomb? I don't know what they call them. Just just a bomb that goes bang. A frag grenade? <laughs> right. yeah. Well, no, no, a really big bomb, like a 1,000-pound okay. bomb. Um, and, and if they make 1,000-pound ones, they must make 2,000-pound ones, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So you could probably find a regular weapon that could make this kind of blast radius or something close to it. I'm sure you could, you know, find something that would make something close to it or, or bigger. So now you're talking about, well, one's, one just has the name nuclear on it. So. It sounds scarier with the word nuclear, it does. doesn't it? It does. Uh, any other thoughts, Ben? Um, well, in a free market situation, like well, what I said before, uh, ordinary ordinary people probably wouldn't have those kind of weapons. It would probably be limited to the private defense agencies that were like defending the the ANCAP society, and like in New Hampshire, like in the theory. Probably true, um, in which case they would have to show, as many companies have to show how safe their product is, they would probably have to show their potential customers that they were handling that sort of ordinance in a very safe fashion. I mean, uh, if my neighbor Rick was tinkering with nuclear weapons in his basement, probably what would, what would happen was uh, his private defense company would uh, either force him to give up his nuclear weapons or to um, they would just stop protecting him, and after which case that would happen probably all the neighbors would just converge on his house with guns, and they would probably just take him out and eliminate the threat themselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the insurance I, company I, would be I, too I would, pleased with that either. Yeah, I would see uh, very likely that, uh, you know, in, in one of these, uh, you know, uh, situations in this uh, no government world where, uh, you know, one got to choose one's government through basically insurance companies, 
um, that likely no insurance company would say that it was okay to have a nuclear weapon. Um, and you know, people would consider it a very bad thing if you did have one. So, you know, it would be it would essentially be something that's taboo. Right now it's yeah. taboo. Then it, it would, would be taboo. It would continue to be taboo. Exactly right, Ben. Thank you for the call tonight, sir. 800-259-9231. Let me jump back into this email here. Uh, Jeff wrote in, he is a self-styled progressive, which is a code word these days for socialist. Uh, and he's talking about how upset he is uh, about this uh, this banking situation where he believes that uh, gullible Americans were duped into purchasing loans uh, that were too expensive for them. They didn't realize what they were getting. You've if they were, in fact, duped, then we have laws against the banks for it. We don't need any new intervention from the government. Interesting point. Uh, nonetheless, he's very, very upset about it. And he says that we've been talking about it. We left-wingers, he categorizes himself that way. We left-wingers have been talking about this since 2003. Uh, he says that you would do your fellow citizens a much more of a service if you point out these things rather than blame the victim and praise your God, the free market. Free trade is great. What's his God, though? The government. The government. These, these wise guys um, out there that uh, can solve all your problems, that know all the solutions to how to fix your life. Well, they don't. These same wise guys are the sort of wise guys that would be in charge now, and they don't know how to fix the problems. And when there's a mistake made, they put these big restrictive rules on that, that affect people negatively at the same time that they may very well may have some positive effects. I'm not saying that there's not positive effects here. I'm just saying that there's negative ones, and you've got no stinking right. Was it Justin? Uh, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, uh, the free marketplace is not what we have today, Jeffrey, also. I mean, I love no. the concept of the free market, uh, but don't you know, confuse the, what we have today, this mixed economy, this regulated uh, marketplace, with a true free market. We don't have a free market in banking. We don't no, have a the, free market. No, the banks in... are an extension of the Federal Reserve, which is um, you know, essentially a monopoly in banking by in, the government. In, in the United States. We don't have anything like a free market in banking in the United States. Right. So he claims, Terribly sorry, sir. His claim here is that free trade is great, but it's not great when corporations get greedy. Well, number one, corporations were created by the government. Uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, was on the line earlier talking about how if you create it, then you have dominion over it. Right. This is the same government that he expects to come to his rescue and the rescue of these these poor these poor boobs, these rubes, these dopes that were that signed these uh, adjustable rate mortgages. That same government is going to save these people. This, the government that created the corporations that are now preying on them. I th- no, it's not. What you're doing is you're creating a weapon that is far large in in the form of the government. You're creating a rep- weapon that is far larger than you can ever control. And men with l- fewer more than yourself, Jeffrey, are going to pick that weapon up and they're going to use it against you and use it against me. And I would thank you very much to not create that weapon, Jeffrey. Keep your fingers out of my life, you stinking socialist. Well, now, I think he would agree with you, at least to the extent, Mark, that... uh the government people today will not solve this problem, but he just believes right, he you can change the, the actors. He that angels are going to descend from heaven, and suddenly, if the Democrats get in charge, no, the, the Democrats that he wants in charge, those particular people, that somehow the government will be better, and it won't. Men who desire power, men who are willing to lie, cheat, steal, and kill, will always be the ones who are in charge because they're willing to do what it takes to get that power, Jeffrey. The rest of us just want to live free. Yes, there's a good way out there to us, uh, you know, to, to, to administer this. But in the process, you're going to hurt people, and you're going to create this weapon called government that... Men, men with uh, lower morals than yourself 
are going to use to uh, get what they want. He spends a paragraph outing certain Republicans as being the cause of all of this problem. Right, right. It's the Republicans. Of course it is. And then he says, I suspect he'll refuse to see this and explain it away. But the bottom line is it was the banks that misbehaved. They aggressively advertised and sold people loans that they could pay. And then they pulled the old bait and switch, something that would be illegal for you and me if we opened a storefront bank, which, by the way, we can't do because of government regulation. Uh, something well, that you would can be... you can open a storefront bank, sure. It, it, it takes it's going to take some work. Um, you're can you open to... a non-FDIC insured bank? No. Then I'm sorry. You might be you able to open, open your own bank, a warehouse bank, or something like They've that. They've gone after you... people that have done that. Anyway, uh, he says something that would be called loan sharking for you and me if we raised interest rates. Look, I don't know. I don't know what bait and switch he's talking about here. But if you're told it's going to be an adjustable rate mortgage. And the rate changes. Where's the bait and switch? No bait, no switch. It's it's just people that don't want to take responsibility for their own isn't actions. Isn't he saying that people are... I mean, isn't he insulting people here and saying that you are so stupid? You Americans are so stupid. You can't make your own decisions for yourself. Just let us government people do it. Mm, that's exactly what he's saying. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Come. All right, Mark, uh, coming up, we'll talk about procrastination. I'm going to put that off for a moment. Uh, but first, but first uh, you've got a story about the Secret Service. If you'll get that ready, we want to talk about that. But uh, before we do that, we'll do something out of Tampa here. Pat- uh, Patricia, this is a tough one, Elalim. Patricia Elalim said she couldn't believe her daughter's kneecap dislocated at what first after, after what first seemed like a minor injury. Even more troubling to Ilalem uh, is what might have caused the injury to worsen. She says that a nurse at Walker Middle School in Odessa took away 13-year-old Amber's crutches last month, forcing the girl to walk in pain. Now, why in the world would something like that happen? I can't imagine. You send your little girl to school with a pair of crutches away. Would seem to be counterintuitive. Would seem to be the school nurse should be doing the opposite of that. That the school nurse should be seeing how she could help uh, with the situation. But Patricia said the nurse told her she had to remove the crutches because of a school policy prohibiting them without a doctor's note. And that the Mm. intent is to prevent other students from being injured. So you uh, you have to be wealthy enough. To uh, send your kid to the doctor and, um, you know, uh, take time off work that it takes to do that and all all that other stuff. <laughs> you can't just diagnose a hurt leg that needs crutches yourself. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. much for freedom, so much for uh, personal responsibility, so much for self-actualization. The public school system doesn't want that. They want to stop that as much as possible. That's right. They you want to control you. You don't have authority to do it on your own citizen you need a note from a real authority figure somebody who knows better than you because you're a stinking idiot yeah that's what the public school system tells you and tells your kids every single day and now this now this young lady is having to uh i mean if it was bad enough she'd have to crawl i mean she, apparently it's not so bad to where she it can't won't be walk that bad it. because the parent will just keep her home i would hope so 
Anyway, the mom says she was floored. She says you don't take medically prescribed treatment away from a child. She's filed a notice of intent to sue the Hillsborough County School District, and uh, the notice is required for legal action against a governmental entity and gives the school district a full 180 days to respond. Her attorney said he didn't know what damages he would seek yet because Amber's still recovering from surgery to repair her knee. He says, I'm hoping at her age that she'll be able to recover. If Amber walking without the crutches has caused long-term damage, he said he'll pursue a claim that the school nurse violated the girl's civil rights. Sounds to me like she's still there. Sounds Hmm. to me like she hasn't taken her out of the school. Uh, School district spokesman, maybe that's because she's afraid that if she takes her kid out of the school, they'll arrest her for it. I've got a story from uh, from one of our emailers that... Her parents were threatened with just that. We can get to that here in a moment. But uh, school district spokesperson said the district's Office of Professional Standards is investigating the complaint filed about the practical nurse. Uh, the school and the parent have two different stories, the bureaucrat said, noting she couldn't elaborate because of the pending litigation. There's no district policy requiring a doctor's note for crutches, but the district supervisor of school health has issued an email to principals stating students must produce a doctor's note to use crutches or a wheelchair. They say we ask for a doctor's prescription or note, but there's nothing that says she has to take away the crutches. Well, it's probably uh, because you know there's they they have to they're concerned with uh, students trying to sneak bombs or guns in, and uh, these these wheelchairs and crutches are difficult to uh, shake down and inspect. I don't know if that's it. They claim that. Then why in the world would they care whether a student had crutches or not? Maybe they don't want them swinging the crutches at another student and uh, attacking them with it. Well, so it's 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 an, still an issue of weaponry. Okay, yeah, it does say here that the reason they were taken was because, yeah, something about student safety. So, for some reason, it's unsafe to have uh, a pair of crutches if you're not actually injured. They probably give them the really bendy plastic forks in the uh, the dining hall, too. <laughs> Uh, Amber, by the way, is an avid athlete who participates in basketball, track, and soccer. She had orthopedic surgery to repair her knee in the middle of March after walking without the crutches and now carries a doctor's note at all times about using the crutches. So she actually had to get some work done after the fact that she had walked without the crutches. The girl initially had hurt her knee back in uh, in February. She was diagnosed with a strained ligament, and the teenager's knee was placed in a brace called an immobilizer, and she received crutches with instructions to not put weight on the knee. This is why we're giving you these crutches. On February 6th, when Amber returned to school, she phoned uh, the school nurse phoned the mother asking for a doctor's note. Uh, Mom said she didn't know the note was required, but phoned the hospital to have the doctor fax a note to the school. But guess what? The school fax machine wasn't working. So McPhee never received the note. And that morning, she took away Amber's crutches. She didn't give her access to the elevator, so Amber was forced I'm to really walk... I'm really glad that the, uh, the, the the school bureaucrats are saving us from the roving bands of uh, crutches and wheelchair gangs that are out there. Zero tolerance, Mark. Yeah. Zero tolerance. Get this one. This is even worse. Amber was forced to walk up and down the stairs because the school would not give her access to the elevator until about 1.30 when she could no longer take the pain. She said her mother, her mother said that her daughter called saying, I can't walk. Come and get me. On the way home, she said, you know, my nurse took my crutches this morning and made me walk all day. I got home, took her immobilizer off, and her kneecap was on the side Swollen. of her leg. God. I'm Amber awful. tried physical therapy for a few days but needed knee surgery, said her mother. She had a reaction to the pain medication and was admitted to the hospital for three days. She's now taking medication and watching her diet because she's developed symptoms of an ulcer said her mother. Mm. 
some sick stuff, man. She says these people are out of control. It's, it's madness. And they are not held responsible for their actions. If you did this at a private school, oh my God, the lawsuit would be held to pay. Sue. Yep. But these people, are, you know, not just the private school, but the idiot individual who did it, the freaking moron the out there that did it. The nurse would be held responsible. The principal who upheld her decision. All of these people would be held responsible personally, joint and severally, as they should. But they can't be right now because no, they're government. because they're government employees. They have sovereign immunity. These people are, are, in fact, your legal betters. She can sue the school board. She can sue the, the, the school bureaucracy. district. Right. They, she can sue the town, but she can't sue the idiot who did this crap. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to your phone calls. Dave, listening in KGEZ land. Hello, Dave. Dave. Hello. Eddie, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, could you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Go ahead. All right. I didn't hear the connection thing usually. Here you oh, are. Hold but, on. Hold uh, on. Hold on. Just one second, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> this is the problem within the Church of Insurance. If you peel the onion back far enough, you'll find out that it's the policy of the insurance policy they got that these crutches got to be approved by a priest within the Church of Insurance, which is the doctor, because you can't approach the the altar of medicine. They're not saying it was going an insurance through thing. The well, Church of Insurance. These guys think they run. If if you look at our laws, they're derived out of the Church of Insurance because that that's what everything is run on. That you ha, you need the policy. So, are you and, suggesting that the school is being required by their insurance company to do this? I don't believe that's the case, Dave. I'm sure that's why the nurse took the crutches away, because she didn't have permission from a doctor to be carrying them weapons around. Some kid might trip over it and and sue the school because the kid had crutches, and, and, and it's all because of insurance policy. And then they make law of it. Why, why do you think we're wearing seatbelts? Why do you think they're attacking cigarettes? Uh, why do you think they're... Uh, Doing a lot of stuff with the with the money things going on with all these, you know, the bat helping out insurance companies. Well, it's going to hurt the insurance company in this case because I'm sure the insurance company will be held uh, because of their policy will be held well, liable see, in some way. <laughs> and the lawyers love it because they they can sue one another and and tie everything up into court for six years and everything, and then whoever has the more money wins usually, you know. So you have to buy your justice. You know, so this this family might actually end up winning in the long run because the case sure is, is just so well, awful. Of course, of course, they got to taking crutches away from a kid unless uh, unless the insurance company really runs that town. It depends on how uh, much of a grab the corruption goes in with with the good old boys, you know, and the and the bank guys. So it's, that might be that's true. That's what's going on with our with our economy right now. <laughs> Dave, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate right. it. I can't agree with him that this is an insurance problem at all. 
They don't mention that as their excuse, and they could very easily pawn it off and say, well, we can't get our insurance policy if we allow if, this to happen. If it is an insurance policy, it's a dumb one, because the insurance company is going to end up paying in the, on this instance. I don't believe I that don't is. I don't see it's a real problem. I don't think gang members bring crutches to a, this is know, consistent. A, a wreak havoc. This is consistent with the rest of the school's policies, and that is that you need a note to, to have uh, you know, aspirin. You need a note to bring in prescription, nar- uh, you know, prescription narcotics. And so they have this general policy, and it's just a control thing. This is bureaucrats trying to control the lives of your children. More on the way. You can take control. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you want to help support the show, then buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store at store.freetalklive.com. We go, no, we don't go to the phones. He has dropped off the line. So uh, instead, we'll talk about a a little story, and then we'll get to the procrastination thing. A little story about George Bush, and apparently he went to a baseball game or something like that recently. Well, you know, he's the president. He uh, throws out the first pitch. And it turns out that, now this is news to me, but it turns out that whenever the president is in the vicinity, you are not allowed to take pictures of things, or at least certain things. So it appears. What is the story here, Mark? Um, This is out of... WUSA9.com, Washington, D.C. Like a number of people without a ticket to the Nationals game Sunday, Mark Butler stood outside the left field gate and watched some of the historic event from a distance. The Minnesota man carried a digital camera to capture the memories. For a member of the Uniform Division of the United States Secret Service, Butler captured too much. Nine News Now photographer Greg Guise... (coughs) Wait, where was this? Was this Florida? No, it was at Washington, D.C. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, was No, this is this is the beginning of real baseball, not the stuff they play in Florida. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And I believe it's the, I, I believe this is the beginning of baseball. I didn't see anything in here that uh, actually indicated that it was baseball, but it's Nationals. I guess that's National League. I'm certainly not up on these things, but I'm, I know that George Bush was uh, getting ready to throw the first pitch out, so I, okay. I'm, I'm putting gotcha. it all together here. Let's see. Um, Greg Guys was rolling when an officer approached Mark Butler. Butler said the officer demanded he delete any pictures that showed the security checkpoints set up to screen fans for the visit by President George Bush. So he was spotted photographing the security checkpoints? I, I, he said any pictures that I don't know that he was spotted. I, don't, hmm. I, I cannot draw that conclusion. Or they just see a guy with a camera and figure they'd go and harass he was, him. He was within line of sight, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's kind of like not being in America, Butler said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was uh, not interested in the security, but in the part of the stadium you could see uh, beyond the gate. Secret Service spokesman Mountain. See, I guess so he was outside, so the Secret Service could draw a conclusion that he was taking pictures of security out um, of the stadium rather mm-hmm. than what's going on inside the gate, I guess. Or maybe there was uh, security on the gate, and he wasn't allowed to, therefore, take any pictures through the gate. Why is it that pictures are so important? Why uh, w- would it be similarly against the, the federal... government uses them to gather information, uh, gather intelligence for themselves, so they don't want anyone else to be able to gather intelligence. But wait, okay. So what if you were standing there with a little voice recorder 
and you were just dictating what the situation looked like. What if you said, well, we've got five cars, uh, one is parked parallel to the other, uh, they've got a barricade, they're checking people's ID. Uh, you know, what if you just described the situation? Would you that be, would they you also be relatively say, certain that they wouldn't like that either and would likely uh, do, you know, try to do something about it if they could figure out that that is, in fact, what you were doing? Right. If they, if they knew that was what was going on, which, of course, they might not necessarily know because it wouldn't be as obvious as taking photos. Right. They can look for a camera. It's easy to spot as opposed to a guy talking into his wrist. Uh, I mean, he could very well be part of the uh, secret agent man squad. I mean, it's just absolutely ludicrous. If you've gone through the checkpoint, you know what it's like. You know what the tactics are. You know what they're doing. Well, pictures, uh, you know, are worth a thousand words, as they Apparently say. Apparently so. I think that they uh, they, they are, in fact, uh, valuable in, in gathering intelligence. So what happened um, here? They told him to, to delete the pictures? Did they t- confiscate his camera to ensure that the, the pictures were there or gone? What happened when he was told to delete the pictures? Um, he probably did. Did he have to do it in front of the agent? Did he have to prove that there were no pictures there in the first place? Or were they just suggesting that he delete the pictures? Because normally when you're taking pictures of the cops, they will snag your uh, camera from you and they will page through your photos and delete the ones they don't like. Well, the story is picked up by Nine News because Greg Guys was there rolling when the officer caught him. Mm. Um, So therefore... you know, so there's video a, of this? It's a TV. I'm sure there is somewhere. Um, you know, but I, not on that particular no, site that you're no, on? Not the one that I'm on, no. I mean, it's it's one of these short TV articles, which are yeah. great to read on the uh, on the air, but sometimes they, they leave out exactly what happened. You know, I mean, I don't know what the Secret Service agent did. And I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, does that seem right to you, that they're doing that? Well, you know, it doesn't seem right to me, but I, they, they have a conundrum that uh, they, they've come up against. The, the government has grown and grown every single year, every single term of every single president since um, it, it started. And you can, you, you can reasonably expect that it'll continue to grow because that's what governments do. And now that the government's grown so large that we've turned into a, essentially you know, a hegemony, but a, an empire, um, well, yeah – Empires have reason to fear the rest of the world. And right. Back in the old days, didn't they? Used to, you could just walk into the White House. I, right. I, yeah. The, you know, the, the president didn't. There was no Secret Service until I believe after Lincoln. Uh, they they right. had bodyguards, but. So you're saying the more the uh, the federal government becomes intrusive, the more likely someone's going to attack one of their right. headmasters, the uh, the Bush. The more or people Clinton they go out whoever. there and they and they screw with and they they make angry legitimately and illegitimately, the more they know, have to fear. The more the, the more that we all have to fear because we are Americans as far as the rest of the world's concerned. We you know have a but little flag fly, uh, flying above our head and we're responsible to to some extent. For what the government's done, the rest of the world realizes this is a um, you know a democracy and that it's supposedly ruled by the people. So therefore, anything that the government does, the people of America are held responsible by the rest of the world. So the government then uses its alleged fear of what might happen to its uh, masters, the, uh, the the presidents. It uses its alleged fear of what could possibly happen to crack down on freedom upon, to crack down upon our freedoms ever further. I mean, now you've got a situation where the president of the United States, if he comes into an area to give a speech, they set up what they call a free speech zone yeah. in the vicinity. Which is exactly what it's not. Um, well, what, they, what happens is if you're a protester on the street, 
they will take you and they'll put you inside this free speech zone, usually some penned-off area, where you're allowed to stand and wave your sign all you want. But if you're not inside that free speech zone, then you are not allowed to protest. So now you can only protest. You have the freedom of speech only where they have determined you may have the freedom of speech. Mm. And now they're saying that if you're also photographing any of the things the Secret Service is doing, then that's apparently now a problem, and they're demanding that people delete their photographs. So the the uh, the security net tightens ever further, right. and our liberties continue to suffer. So um, you know the, the the only people that are confronted by this, the average American, you know their their freedom of speech when it comes to the president or um, you know the government, because this is also true. If you were to walk around any kind of government installation, including like old iron sides, you mm-hmm. know, if you were to take pictures of the, uh, the the security apparatus inside your airport or anything like that. Um, then they're going to they're going to confiscate the pictures, possibly confiscate your camera in these situations too. And so it doesn't confront the average apathetic American who's asleep at the wheel and doesn't care about their government. It confronts those that might very well care and might might want to expose what they consider to be an abuse of power. Right, and that might make them more uh, frightened to photograph the abuses of power in the future and therefore right. give them all the much more protection that they need for to do their awful, tyrannical things. My question By the here way, is Wayne the... is joining us a little late tonight. just wanted to introduce him and hey guys. allow him to jump in if he had any comments here. My question is, what does the government have to fear? I mean, if they're not doing anything wrong, then they shouldn't care about being photographed and filmed, right? True, well, but the... But there have been a lot of embarrassing situations with people videotaping. Look at the Rodney King incident yeah. uh, in the 90s. That's what uh, they have to fear. Yeah, that's, but that's what they need to, uh, to fear because we need to have other people out there because who's going to watch the people who are supposed to be protecting us? That's a great question. It's you know they're they're not protecting us; they're ruling us. You know, and then that's what it's become. At one point, they were supposed to protect us, but now they rule us. Well, that's why we need more activists with more cameras. The solution mm-hmm. to this problem is not to obey and to roll over, but the solution is to continue right. photographing. To these keep fools. on taking the pictures because what can they possibly do to you? What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, they could put you in some sort of military prison. Not very likely. Only if you pushed it. You don't push it that far. Just every you know as many people as possible taking as many pictures of many of these installations as possible, and then they'll just give up. I can because tell you, they're, after all, bureaucrats and very, very lazy. Yeah, well, the bureaucrats around here don't like it one iota when no, you have they hate uh, cameras. No, people, people that work for the government, the thing that they fear the most is cameras and exposure. And if they, so, they tell you to put the cameras away, what's your response, Mark? Uh, uh, I don't know. What's, I'm the press. You said something like, right. I'm the press, and there was something else that you followed that with before. Um, this, you, and you're, you, this is a public domain. Yeah, this is if this is this is a public place, and I'm the press. Uh, you can be the press. Anybody can be the press these days. Even if you don't have your own blog or anything like that, you can still claim you're the press because you can call into Free Talk Live. You can be a reporter for Free Talk Live. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is your show. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Hold on, Wayne. Let's try that again. And Wayne. <laughs> and Mark. Came in a little late. I forgot to turn his mic on again. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, bring up what you want. Still to come, uh, we've got to do this procrastination thing. I don't want to put it off any longer. Uh, I know that you had something else, Mark, that uh, was real hot. Maybe we'll hold that uh, for later. But let's talk about the procrastination thing. Six ways that you can deal with procrastination in that you can reduce your amount of procrastination. 
So how can people help themselves here, Mark? Well, um, they've, they've got this a list. is still a problem for me. What's Procrastinating, that? still a problem. This is a ZMELifeTips.com. Um, and uh, first, the first recommendation I have is uh, take one step at a time. Some tasks, at first glance, may seem simply overwhelming or require a Herculean amount of effort. So in terms, um, we don't do so in term. So in term, we don't do anything at all. It's uh, important not to let yourself get discouraged by any particular amount of work or pressure involved in activity. What you need to do is start off slow in small baby steps, in um, in a revere pyramid style. I'm not sure what that is. Me you'll, you'll soon find that things are actually beginning to shape up. This is absolutely true, though. If you take little little baby steps in doing a project, the next thing you need to do is all you need to do is write down. You know, if I've I've had large projects where, man, what the heck am I going to do next? Building a house, for instance. Mm. Yeah. That's what, gonna be tough. what you need to do is you just need to uh, you know put line by line what do you need to do you need, plan it out and, and that's and that's it well let's see I need to build the house we need to start construction so we need to dig a hole in the ground in order to uh, put a cellar in there but wait in order to put the hole in the ground I need to be able to get a big digging hole, a hole digging machine up there in order to get a hole digging machine up there I need to pave the driveway the first thing I need to do is call someone to pave the driveway and you know you just do it like this and 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 you know, work it out step by step because any project, uh, you know, building a house is a very large project for one person to take on. And it's a good example as, as to how you can do that. Yeah. Otherwise, you might just get overwhelmed by how big the project feels to you. And you might just want to, as they say, not do anything. And then that's no good. Yep. For example, the other week I went in uh, with my dad into the garage to clean up the place. There were wrenches, old car oils, uh, stench, used car parts, and old refrigerator, a broken TV. A bunch where do you of, start, right? Yeah, a bunch of useless crap lying around all over the place. I didn't even know where to start, and it did all seem like it was going to take forever to clean up the mess. My dad soon approached me and told me, there's no hurry, son. There's no pressure. We'll just take it one step at a time and see where we get. We started off with the floor and then went um, with the uh, stocked up drawers and went to more and more difficult tasks from there on until around midnight we finally finished. My garage never looked cleaner. Hmm. This is not only a methodical technique of getting things done, but also a provider of motivation. It's uh, you know you you get little little victories when yeah. you um you know you work for two or three hours on say the garage the garage is a nice example because you can do it in a day but it's a it's a huge Herculean task at the same time. Some people's garages are obviously worse than others. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can... Uh, like a you, hoarder. You, you, if you start out and then you, you stop and everybody stops and gets a, a turkey and Swiss sandwich and has a glass of milk. And then you go and look at the garage again. It's like, wow, there's been progress here. And I then can you see finish. the floor in places. Right. If you've started and you've gotten uh, a certain percentage of the way in, then you really don't want to stop at, at that point. Unless you're absolutely exhausted, uh, you may keep going. Yeah. Or you can uh, you, you can reference back when you have when you, it's time to start again. Say you wanted to dedicate three hours to cleaning the garage every weekend. Okay. That's that's something worth doing. Sure. And and then when it's time to get up and and start working again, that next weekend shows up and that three hours. You can reference that feeling in your mind. Wow, that's what I want to feel. I can I can feel like that again. I can I can make progress and I can have that good feeling. And that's a, an excellent way to to motivate yourself. I think there's a tip that actually ties into that here in a moment. Yeah, actually there is. You don't need to have to, 
You need to want to. That's the one. If you feel like you have to do something, you'll automatically feel a sense of restraint and neg- negativity, and that comes naturally when you're feeling obliged to do something. That's why, as an aside, that's why government school is so ineffective. Yeah, it's, because it, it really because is. they teach kids. Well, one of the reasons why, but it's one of the reasons why, because they teach kids that well, you must do this. Even if you don't want to be a mathematician, you must take these math courses. Or even if you don't want to do this, you have to follow this particular curriculum. And uh, if you don't want to read this book and review it, well, too bad. You have to. That's right. Wouldn't it be better if they said you get to do this? Right. Or you can do whatever you want to do. It's right. your. Uh, it, I think education from a homeschooling perspective is far more uh, important, far more effective, because young people are allowed to explore in the areas that they want to explore. I don't. Not a homeschooling expert, but from what I understand, the basic concept is is you teach kids the very base basics of how to read and how to write, and then you let that young person go and explore for themselves the topics that they find interesting, and they will be voracious about what they want to learn at Mm -hmm. that point. Yeah, you know, I look back in my life, and some of the things that I do best are the things I taught myself. Yeah. I, I, I I think that at some point in the education process... It's likely, if not um, inevitable, that you're going to run across something that's not fun to do and that you're going to have to do it. However, um, but 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 you chose in the first place to follow that path. So you want not, to get okay. to a certain point. When I say you, I mean um, in the education process, a parent who I am could very well confront, likely will confront an area where it's like, look, you don't have to like it, Johnny. You just got to do it. And. I think that that, in and of itself, that's a valuable thing in life to be able to tell yourself. I'm really bad at it. But now and then, I have to say, well, I'm going to have to go out and mow the grass. Mm-hmm. I guess I could hire somebody to do it. That'd be sure really great. But then I'd have the bad feeling of writing them a, a check every month. I don't want that feeling either. Okay. So, so one feeling's less uh, desirable than the other. It's loss prevention for me. And, you know, I just got to buck up and I try to make it as uh, for me as as profitable and pleasurable as possible. I get a lawnmower that I have to push rather than one that will push itself. That way I can get some exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I I wear as few clothes as possible. So I wear some shorts and, and uh, shoes and the little socks. At least you're up here in New, uh, New England now. And I haven't really mowed have a lawn so since much. I've been here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no women are whistling at you when they drive by. Yeah, well, not, not, no, one, no one can see me. And, uh, you know, the women, you can't hear them over the noise of the tractors they're driving here. Oh, that's me. <laughs> that's where I live. <laughs> you know, you know as, that reminds me, there was a book I read about, a while back. It was called The Man Who Tapped the Secrets of the Universe. And it was, a, it was about Walter Russell, who was this brilliant, brilliant uh, artist in the early 1900s. And one of the things in this book about him was that well, the things that he hated to do, like mow the lawn, for example, what he would do is he would play games with himself to get himself to do it. So he would pretend he was doing a piece of artwork in his yard, and he would he would go around the yard with the lawnmower and 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 uh, you know cut some kind of pattern in the yard and and make this coolly really cool I've done art that before. Yeah. And then of course he would fill it all in and finish mowing the lawn. But he made it fun for himself. He 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 forced himself to be creative about finding a way to enjoy what he was doing, even though he really didn't like it. And I think that's important sometimes with the things, because we're not going to like everything we have to do. It's true. Yeah. It's, all, it's all what's going on in your head, though. Now, I do, I do agree that the best way to have a good life and to uh, you know, make money doing what you want to do and to teach a kid the, you know, wh- what they need to learn 
is mostly self-direction. I think that that's immensely valuable. And, and you know, kids are kids are going to learn to read. I was a terrible, terrible speller in school because you know I just I just wasn't good at it. My brain's not set set up for it terribly. But then I began after high school. I began reading on my own. I wanted to read, yeah. and it, as a result, I can pretty much spell now. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Other tips as to how to uh, avoid procrastinating and get it done. And you can chime in here as well. Bring up uh, whatever you want. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you need to know the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is April 11th through the 13th at Knob Creek Gun Range. It's fun for the whole family with machine guns and flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables. Showcasing handguns, rifles, shotguns, and more. Opens at 9 a.m., 10 bucks per person, knobcreekrange.com. That's knobcreekrange.com. Where is Knob Creek, Mark? Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, okay. Mm. Maybe Eight, I should have said so. Yeah, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Don't put it off. Call in to comment on uh, procrastination. That's what we're talking about right now, and it's a problem that affects, I think, a whole lot of people. I don't have any statistics or anything like that, just... Based on my observations of people in my own life and and my own life, I can say that uh, procrasti- procrastination has been a problem for me. It continues to be a problem, although it is not as much of a problem today as it was five years ago because I have been working on improving myself. Yep. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that you're going to work on all your life, and the better you are at it, the more productive you're going to be, the happier you're going to be, the wealthier you're going to be. It may be easier to do nothing, but in the long run, that's it causes it's problems. It's even harder, in, in a lot of ways, harder because it weighs on your mind. You mm. know, it causes you stress from, from not getting things, uh, you know, something done. And you, you might as well just do it. It's true. So we were talking about uh, that we got through the first two. If you re- recap them briefly, Mark, sure. we'll continue on. Um, number one is uh, to take one step at a time. And uh, number two is you don't need to have you don't need to have to you need to want to so sort of a way to create for yourself uh, you know, wanting to yeah do the, 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 the mindset that you need yeah. uh, in order to get it done it's important. Um, let's see number three is brainstorm your way out. A common reason for procrastination is a lack of ideas. When dealing with any kind of tasks that mildly require some creativity, we've all had our days of mind blocks or plateaus. It's actually fairly common. But if this period of blockage is too long, procrastination can settle in. What you need to do is brainstorm. Go outside, have a walk, freshen up, observe and analyze everything you see or encounter. Always bring a pen or pencil or PDA for those of you who are more tech savvy. I have a PDA. And I still, when I'm in a creative mode, mm-hmm. for me, uh, the best thing is a yellow a tablet of paper. Me too. Paper. And I personally um, will either use a, you know, like I have two writing implements that really work well for me that mm-hmm. I really like. One is a number two pencil and a little little sharpener that I can keep with me because I just like the feel of pencil on paper and mm-hmm. I like to be able to erase and use it. 
and and so therefore I enjoy the task of brainstorming. And secondly, I like uh, gel pe- those new gel pens. <laughs> they use up ink really quickly, but they, they feel they, nice. They, yeah, oh, they so sure nice. Do. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, this this brainstorming activity would be one of the hardest parts for me to do because I, you know, I'm intellectually lazy. You know, I don't want to do those things. So, um, just finding ways for me to uh, to do it myself. Yeah, brainstorming is so much fun. I think <clears throat> the collaboration part. You know, when you a group of you can come up with something that n- that none of you could have come up on, with on your own. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we've seen it just between Mark and myself, and it wasn't even necessarily a brainstorming thing. It was recent. Uh, you'd called me, Mark. You were talking about approaching some beer companies, and you said, well, do you have any ideas as to what we could sell these guys that would be something special, something original? I said, well, I don't know. I'm not the, you know, I, I'm not the gimmick guy. I don't come up with these things. And then a little bit later, you called. What 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 happened there, Mark? You had called me and you said Wayne, something. This about- is just a way he's taking credit for my good idea. <laughs> I want you to I want you to notice what's going on here. Somehow, you know, I included him in the conversation a little bit and watch him just just ease right in and take the credit for it. I come up with the idea of getting a beer company to sponsor the. Uh, uh, the, the 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 shrine of female listeners. That way, every time we mention it, we mention the beer company's name because you know our demographic's a little younger. It's certainly male, and that's what beer companies want. And and uh, you know, I talk to him. He comes up empty-handed for the whole process, and then I come up with something. And what's he trying to do? He's trying to horn in on my deal. No, he facilitated you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just I was just asking because I couldn't exactly remember how the process went, but it, basically uh, you'd come up with the uh, was it your idea the the, the shrine of female listeners? I, you uh, yes, I could pull up the uh, the IM uh, where you called me brilliant. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it is brilliant. It I, is brilliant. I agree. You're darn right, it's brilliant. Right. However, then that, um, I, there's an additional part of the uh, the process that uh, you know the, uh, the the package that I came up with for the beer distributor that I really think is going to go through. By the way. Um, for a very good beer, it's it's not going to just be your, your your average beer. This is a very good beer that I enjoy myself. And another part of the package, my wife came up with. She just kind of popped in with it, and it was a very very good idea. Oh, and then we had the no. What I came up with was the uh, the drunk dial line, right? So you'd come up with the idea of sponsoring the Shrine of Female Listeners, and I uh, added into that the idea of having people call. Or no, you'd mentioned the drunk dial line, and I figured out different ways to do it. Anyway. You'd come up with a pretty cool I, I, idea. Yeah, I think that uh, one thing in particular I said is, uh, um, you know, the the dial-in drunk or something like that. Uh, oh, t- t- tonight's drunk caller brought to you by this beer company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so we both uh, refined was, the idea uh, together. And, and by the way, that was a joke, just so you know. <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. I think that's what I suggested was brilliant, actually, was the, uh, the drunk dial-line. Uh, but so, yeah, we definitely did build off of one another, and it wasn't even a, an explicit brainstorming session. It just sort of happened naturally, and so it, it worked. Th- that could work, though. But you'd say something like, you know, th- this drunk caller, and you have a little sound effect, you know, this well, drunk caller is sponsored by such and such a beer, yeah. and you say, know when to say when. Don't get drunk. Just enjoy the beer. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. how the beer company would, would react to being associated with drunken people. Normally, they want to buy, if you're a beer company, you want to buy ads with pretty girls in it, right? Like mm-hmm. pretty girls in waterfalls. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that's where he gets to take care of the, uh, take credit because that's what he said. Um, he said something to the effect of, uh, "Don't uh, beer companies don't like drunk people? Don't they generally want to be associated with uh, with with attractive women?" And then I said, "But I still think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant idea, and maybe someday it'll happen. Who knows? But let's continue with the uh, procrastination thing. If you want to share your story, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Number the tip number four is time yourself." I've found that many people resort to procrastination because they have too, uh, too much time on their hands, and so they put things off for the next hour. I've never been so busy as when I don't have a job. 
<laughs> because I, I just can't get everything done in a day. The things that I normally get done in, in, in the course of a day and work 60 hours a week, mm-hmm. I can't do on a day when I don't have a job at all. Is it because weird? It, it's just, it, it's it's weird. You, you know, you, you put things off. It's just easy oh, to I just sit there this. and watch YouTube I got or plenty, whatever. I got plenty of time to play video games yeah. and, uh, you know, do this and pit around here and that. And, oh, man, I didn't get those that two things. I only got one of the two things done I needed to do today. Oh, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. You know, and that's how it goes. Yeah, I feel bad personally when I'm doing. If I play a, like a video game or something like that, and I haven't done something first, I I feel bad about it. So I don't have that particular problem so much anymore because I've I've trained myself mm-hmm. uh, in that way to where I want to accomplish certain things prior to doing the fun thing. Uh, the fun thing, you know, if I've got things I need to get done and I have something that is rewarding or fun, I will use that as the reward. Uh, it frustrates Julia sometimes because I'll go and I'll wash a bunch of dishes prior to us sitting down watching a movie or something like that. And she wants to watch the movie right then, uh, but I want to feel like I've done something first, so I get some dishes done first. and Or whatever I, it is. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good system. Um, let's see. They have too much time on their hands, so they put things off for the next hour, day, or week. Go Go to your desk, grab an alarm timer, and set it for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, or whatever time you believe is necessary to complete your work. Be sure not to leave too much room, though. In, an, um, in, example, uh, in this example, post in normal conditions uh, might make two or three hours to write. This post, um, I've uh, set my timer for 40 minutes. It's still ticking. This will help you motivate yourself in completing your work, but most importantly, it will help you focus. The one thing I'd like to say about his post and his timing method is there's a lot of typos in this. <laughs> and so <laughs> perhaps he, he should give himself enough time to revise. Right. He should have set the timer for edit, too. But, however, I think that this, the, the, uh, it, it's good. Interesting concept. Yeah, it's good stuff. And as long as you don't keep resetting the timer. And I think you it, really have to have self-control here. I, I think it really works. And well, um, at the okay, very least, thirty more minutes. Thirty more minutes. At the very least, you can say, "Well, I'm going to do this in this amount of time," and then you can set, "Well, I need a little more time to do that. I'll set that later. I'll and go play a video game right or whatever." There. Yeah. Yeah. At least you're thinking about getting it done. How many more do we have? Uh, we number number five, uh, five and six. All right, great. On the way here, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for your call. Sneak it in here. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest, happening June 9th through the 15th here in lovely New Hampshire. Uh, At Porkfest, you'll be able to discover the outdoor and recreational adventures that New Hampshire has to offer and meet hundreds of individuals who, just like you, cherish liberty and are living the goal of liberty in our lifetime. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. If you couldn't afford to go to the Liberty Forum, then consider Porkfest. Uh, it does not require any, any hotel room stays or anything like that. It's a camping uh, thing for the most part. There are hotels. And it's a blast. Same. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It costs next to nothing. The only thing you're really going to be paying for is your travel expenses. Whatever that 
ends up being that's going to be the bulk of your trip with Porkfest. There's not a real outlay that's necessary to have a good time at Porkfest, and it is a good time. So go and get the details at Porkfest.com. Don't put it off. Uh, we're talking about procrastination and how one can reduce one's amount of procrastinating, become uh, more Johnny on the spot, getting things done that you need to do in the time that you need to get them done, and feeling good about it. What are a couple other tips, Mark, for our listeners here? And Number five. For me and you and, and Wayne, because we can all use a little yeah, bit of help. Yeah, who can't? Eliminate all other distractions. This means no IM. No email box. Yep. No TV, no email, no internet whatsoever. Unplug your cord uh, would be a good idea. No music for those of you that find it distractive. I personally can work fine with music in my headphones. I cannot. Or anything remotely uh, distractive that might break your concentration. Anything that might come between you and whatever your task is trying you're trying to fulfill. Excuse me, I just, uh, something weird happened on my screen. Just disappeared. Um, it may disrupt your current activities and thus lead to procrastination. It's better to avoid this by eliminating anything that might cause you to suddenly abandon your work. However, be careful. Don't over-exaggerate um, this and lock yourself um, out from the outside world from your family and people that care for you. So I, I don't know what that uh, last little bit's all about, but I, I think that in You're most saying, of us don't, don't go overboard. Yeah, yeah don't go of... overboard. I mean, if you're, if you're busy, busy, busy doing something, they suggested this earlier, Taking a little break can always be a good thing, if, especially if you're having to come up with ideas or brainstorm something or be creative. If you've been droning away at something for a few hours, it's a good idea to take a break and have some lunch with a family member or a friend or something like that and to, to get away, to change your stimulus, to, uh, you know, to, to stimulate other nerve endings, if you will, synapses in your brain and get a bit of a different perspective, perhaps, on what it was you were trying to do before. There's nothing wrong with, with taking a break. And if you aren't procrastinating, then taking a break's not such a big deal. If you're getting what you need to get done, then it's no big deal to, to take it easy for you know, 15 minutes or half an hour or something like that, relax, and then come back to it. Yep. Number six is stop being a perfectionist. Another cause of procrastination is perfectionism. It's natural for us humans to want to try to be the best at something. But some, um, sometimes along the path, we can tend to overreact with our ambitions and turn to perfectionism. This, is, um, this way we try to complete a task flawlessly from the very beginning, but it takes a lot of work, and it can lead to lots of stress, which leads to procrastination. This is because your brain will soon associate that stress with the task, and it will try to avoid it, most often by postponing it. So if you've done it once, then you probably won't want to do something similar in the future if you really overdid it. And you tried to do it to the point of perfection. Yep. It's important to understand that uh, no one and nothing is important. It's actually the imperfections that make the world around us so beautiful and most of all unique. You can try to write the most complete and helpful article ever, um, ever build the perfect software, um, but you won't. You'll never be done. You'll never succeed because there'll always be room for improvement. Realize that an imperfect job completed today is always superior to the perfect job delayed never indefinitely. Done. That's a great point. If you want to add in something here, 800-259-9231, uh, that's it, number six, right? Any yep, final that's thoughts it. there? I, I have to agree with everything I said. That's why I picked the article. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that uh, the distractions are definitely something for me, and it's something I'm still, uh, I still struggle with, trying to, trying to keep out of the email box uh, because it's just this constant uh, stimulus for me. There's new email coming in at all times, so there's always something exciting and new there that could pop up. But what's worse is what, what's worse is when you're all out of emails, and then you just sort of then I'll get into this uh, situation where I'll I'll just sort of hover near the email box. I won't necessarily 
sit in the email box, but I'll check the folders to make sure there's nothing I missed, and uh, then I'll go to certain websites that I like to go to, even though I've already maybe been to them earlier in the day, as though there's something that's going to happen that I uh, I need to be there and you know be Johnny on the spot for. It's really an, a, a sickness. Well, I it's, think. it's a strange. I think for email, for me, is is a uh, is a desire to keep things orderly. Here's an air, here's a, an area where I can keep things orderly. I've kept them orderly in the past. I want to keep them cleaned up because it's very easy for my email box to become so full. I get a hundred, you know, probably. A few hundred. I get a few hundred emails a day. Wow. And uh, that includes spam. That includes spam. Oh, okay. But um, you know, you've you've got to clean these things up. I probably I can't tell you how many I get legitimately, but I bet I get a hundred um or close to it emails a day um like just regular legitimate Mm -hmm. ones. And it it can get out of control if I don't uh, sort of read them and and put them in their proper little places, whether that's deleting them or archiving them or putting them in a folder somewhere. So I want to keep it uh, orderly. The fact is, what happens is it's too easy to do that, and I just, you know, I don't take care of other more difficult tasks. Something I that think I that pay me likely. <laughs> something I have found that that uh, that helps me with my issue of just sort of hovering and not really having anything specific to do. I think that's the problem. Is that I feel like uh, I feel like I'm doing something by going to these websites or checking the email box incessantly. But it's not really something. It's really just filler. It's something to fill time from one point to another. Yeah. Whereas if I have a task that I need to complete, I can focus in on that. So having goals, uh, having a goal sheet, I think helps me with this particular issue in that if I find myself in that situation where I'm just sort of bouncing around from website to website in order to just kill time, whereas you know, it's, it's essentially like... It's basically the uh, the the channel flipping of the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're just sort of bouncing around, surfing, yeah. versus going somewhere for a reason, going somewhere to accomplish something. So if I get myself into that rut and I notice it, and I'm noticing it more and more now, uh, and not meaning that I'm not doing it more, but I'm noticing when I'm doing it more often, and the more more self-aware, I can then shift my focus to my goal sheet and say, okay. I see that I'm in this little rut here that I don't like to be in. What should I be doing? And I can look over on my goal sheet rather than having something in my head that I may not necessarily be able to pull up instantly. There it is right there on a piece of paper. You know, I'm supposed to check into this uh, webcam problem or whatever it is that, that is on my list of things to do for the day. I can focus in on that and say, okay, that's what I need to be doing. Refocus, get away from this website surfing and and move ahead with that. So I think right. having written down goals for oneself can help if if you have it at, at hand and can reference that to get back on track. I know it helps me. So what do you got on there for uh, calling uh, program directors and radio stations? Uh, there is a goal to uh, call a certain number of uh, program directors per week. Ah, I see. Yep. What is it? What down to six now? No, <laughs> no, it's about thirty actually. <laughs> And I'm never, I'm nowhere near my goal this week, so not not doing very well on that. But then again, Julia has had two of the last uh, days, you know, last three days off. So and you, when Julia you call has a day 30 off, program directors um, in a week. Mm-hmm. I call a hundred advertisers. That's why you were impressed at how quickly my uh, list of uh, Google's news group yeah. people subscribers was going. It's because I contact uh, three times the amount of people that you're contacting now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, uh, when Julia has a day off during the week, I spend more time with her than I do uh, during doing work, and so I. I do a lot of my other work on the weekends when she's working, so my week's a little different from yours at the at the same time. Nobody wants to hear excuses, Slacker. Well, you asked. 
you asked the question. No, and I, you got I, an I, answer. I simply don't accept your excuses, Slacker. All How's right. that? Whatever. 800-259-9231. So, uh, so you can talk about that or uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. Here's a quick one for you from Alaska, where they just won't give up. See, some people think that this whole freedom situation can be solved using the political system, but the problem becomes, even when you do get a success, the tyrannical types, the government people, they push back. Yeah. Uh, we know that when you're trying to legalize marijuana or decriminalize marijuana, the number one group that will oppose you are the government people, specifically the police. Yep. And uh, the chiefs of police, uh, especially. And in Alaska... You have an example of what has happened when there is legal marijuana. For more than 30 years, Alaska's courts have held the state constitution's privacy protections bar the state from criminalizing adults consuming and possessing small amounts of marijuana in the privacy of their home. So you can smoke marijuana in your home legally in Alaska. But what has been going on ever since that has happened? Well, the prohibitionists, including the governor himself, have been trying to undo the status quo. They pushed through a legis- uh, the legislature a bill that would once again recriminalize marijuana possession and stacked it with a series of legislative findings and blah blah blah. And it goes on to talk about how they continue to fight to re-prohibit marijuana. There is no end right. to this political Nobody's process. Nobody's getting hurt by this. Yep, we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. The cynic says. I started losing my hair, and there was nothing I could do. I wore a baseball cap because I was self-conscious. The believer says, I started using Avacore two months ago, and already I'm regrowing my own hair. My bald spot is going. No caps for me. Are you a cynic? Avacore's formula is FDA approved to regrow your own hair in as little as two months. Avacore's topical formula contains the only ingredient approved by the FDA to regrow hair without risk of sexual side effect. Call right now and ask about getting a free month supply of Evacor and receive Boost just for trying Evacor. Boost can make your hair visibly thicker with its first application. Call 1-800-451-8920. That's 1-800-451-8920. This is a limited time offer, so call now. Call 1-800-451-8920. 1-800-451-8920. Or log on to avacorradio.com.